This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest Short Shots, the podcast where we look exclusively at short films. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me as usual is our curator, Richard Halls. Hello, everyone. In this episode, uh, we're looking specifically at uh, fan films. Um, On the uh, Short Shots Twitter page, we have now posted links to 100 fan films. So in celebration of that, on our anniversary, uh, we're looking at 10, which represent pretty much, not exclusively, but pretty much the cream of the crop. Um, we're going to kick off as far as comic as far as comic book movies are, uh, yeah. are concerned. Indeed. Okay, we're kicking off with uh, first impressions. Then we have Deadpool the Musical one and two, uh, Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness, followed by Ash versus Lobo versus the DC Undead. Then we have Nightwing: The Darkest Night, Riddle of the Mask, and its sequel, Truth of the Mask. Uh, then Batman, Puppet Master, and rounding off with Pamela and Ivy. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first shot of the evening is First Impressions. A young couple are enjoying their first date when some masked men suddenly attack them. Um, actually, they're not master, they? they're just just hoods, just dudes, you know, ne'er do wells, yeah, um, attacking this couple who, you know, on the on their first date, um, just been to see a movie, talking about how, uh, what, well, well the, the guy is sort of saying how ridiculous it is that one woman can beat up so many guys in this film or something ridiculous, um, and and soon gets approved wrong, um, in in this sort of very quick. I mean, it's four minutes this one. Um, probably the shortest of the, of the evening. Yes, um, but very well produced. Very, very, you know, re- really good fight scene. Um, um, yeah, I, I thought this worked really well. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I like it how it's it's one of those shorts that holds holds its cards close to its chest, and so there's yeah. a nice little um, reveal at the end. You don't you don't really. It's one of those ones where you just never named is she? You never actually says who she is. No, not explicitly. No, it's um, not not, not even her, not even her alter ego. It's just like you know, never actually referred to as name. No, they just sort of uh, hint at it. It's um, it's an approach that's been taken with a couple of uh, the fan films that um, that we've covered. So you may remember the uh, the Thundercats one called Margaret. Yeah, yeah. Where it's only towards the end that you actually realise it's a Thundercats. Only during um, the end music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, it's like towards. So it's uh, the same was true here, and I, I watched another one recently called, um, uh, just slightly going off track, called um, I think it was called Resignation, mm-hmm. and uh, that is very similar to this in that it doesn't explicitly t- tell you that it's a fan film about a particular character. Mm. Um, but as the story goes on and you know names are mentioned and you know <laughs> certain things are revealed you go yeah. oh okay this, <laughs> that, this is what they're doing here and um yeah i think this one's a good one um it's directed by leo k angelos who's who's got, got quite a number of shorts that are worth checking out 
uh, you know, action-led kind of stuff. The um, I thought the action here is good. Some of it is a bit overly choppily shot, um, yeah. but overall, you know, the, in terms of how the how the, the you know the pacing of the short and you know the mm. uh, the performances and and you know the thrill you get from that revelation at the end, I think it all pays off really well. There's another film that's um, I mean, there's a few that uh, take place in a similar situation of a young couple, you know, sort of encountering. Uh, bad guys or variations thereof there's yeah. one called night watch it's not a fan film uh it's by a uh, starred uh, bray grant who who um we've seen as an actress and as a director of the um uh the what was the film called where the where they went oh. into the you remember the one where that where it was like in a hospital yeah uh 24 12 hour shifts 12 hour? yeah yeah, I think that was the one. Yeah, yeah so um, and, Bray and, Grant. Uh, yeah, she well, she's done a few things, hasn't she? Because she directed. Oh, she's done tons. Um, yeah, um, she was in Dexter and all sorts, and yeah, yeah. so she yeah, did really this short called Night Watch, which is which we've also put on the on the Twitter. It's out there, um, but do look it up if you haven't seen it. Uh, that's another one, one that sort of plays with the dynamics of um, expectations and a couple and a superhero thing going on, and uh, so in a, in a different way. And there was another film I think called Interpretation. I think, uh, which is also um, a sort of a in encounter in a dark alley kind of movie. But yeah, the, there's not a lot to say about this one apart from you know, it's short, it's sweet, um, it's definitely a, you know a good little, uh, good little uh, ride uh, and well worth yeah. checking out. Absolutely, it's a it's a good calling card, definitely for, for the mm. uh, and and all involved actually. It's it's, it's a very nice tight little film. Uh, so that is first impressions. Uh, I will say, as usual, uh, we do not score the shorts, um, but we certainly recommend you check them out. And you will find links to all of these in the comments below. Not the comments. You'll find links to all of these in the footnotes below. Our next short is Deadpool the Musical. Deadpool enters a CD bar and carnage and show tunes ensue. Um, I had actually seen this one before, uh, but I'd, I must admit I'd forgotten about it, and I was, I was so glad to be, re, re, you know, reacquainted with it. Um, it is just genius. So, so this is a sequ musical sequence done to the tune of um, "There's Nobody Like." Is it Anton? Gaston. Gaston in um, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Um, and it is brilliant. It is absolutely superb. Uh, great little uh, cameos sort of throughout. The the uh, the lyrics are just you know very clever, and and um, you know Deadpool does his usual quips. Um, and, and yeah, the whole thing just really really works. Very very enjoyable. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this and the sequel yeah, we should. We should. Um, together yeah. because yeah. Uh, for one, one of a sameness kind of thing but the, the thing was with the sequel they basically went bigger and they managed to they, they didn't just do one song they did like five or six yeah. as like a medley sorry yeah is it as i remember yeah. I, I know in the credits there's like several uh sort of picked up on uh -huh. um you know noted that they, that they oh yeah actually um, yeah you're right yeah because there's, there's the whole bit with the x-men i was like i have no idea what song it is but it is brilliantly done yeah 
I'll be honest, these are all Disney songs that they've used here. And yeah, I don't say, know yeah. most of the songs because I haven't seen the films. Well, the, but the, the... the first one is is the um, Dwayne Johnson song from um, Moana. Yes, which I know I came to that one quite late because I, yeah. I, I didn't even I had never saw Moana, but then I yeah. sort of heard the song fact, a couple the, of years ago. The second the second song is also from Moana. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the um, so what I I mean, really impressive. I mean, production values. The, the way I mean, the suit is perfect. I mean, this is mm. um, we'll talk about this uh, in relation to something else in a bit. But the the look and the feel and the the performances and you know everything about it just fits the Deadpool movies oh, perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. I mean the the I mean. You only have to have a look at the, the. I mean, you watch the film, you can tell. But the, at the end credits, the amount of stunt people that mm. are involved in both of these. I mean, usually, I mean, you get uh, something like First Impressions or, or some of the other films we're going to talk about. The stunt teams are very small. They're like very limited action. Yeah. This is just, you know, full on complex action sequences, uh, mm. like the, the first one. You know, there's all all sorts of movements and and the timing. And I I think the gunshots in particular just. A, a so well timed and well edited yeah uh, and it's uh, the the timing the comic timing the action timing every all the timing the performances yeah. are so fantastically done in both of these films uh you would think it was part of the official canon i mean the, even the guy playing deadpool is very close he's he, he pretty much nails the ryan reynolds you know yeah. performance it's it's a great i mean their cosplay kind of uh uh, shorts but the which becomes apparent you know it feels like a cosplay kind of thing when you get to the second one with, with all the x-men and stuff when you've got so many x well and so to an extent in the first one as well but more so in the second one i think because there's so many characters yeah. um but deadpool himself looks exactly like in uh i can't remember was it david leach did, did the yeah, yeah he did the second one didn't he and yeah. tim um something did the first one but the yeah the uh, you know absolutely uh, hats off to uh, director Julian Higgins and the whole team who, who did those two movies this was 2017 2018 that they made these um, mm. uh, I mean all even the cutaways you know like to uh, write uh, Deadpool's housemate Oh yeah, uh, the, the, the blind landlady, yeah. The blind landlady, or whatever. She, even she is perfect. As you you yeah. think you? It's a. Uh, I the, thought they it got, was. Yeah, it's got the her, yeah. yeah. Now I don't know if you noticed, um, but Casper Van Dien was in uh, the second one. He really? plays he plays Gambit, and uh, I I, look, I was wondering why because it's a very blink and you'll miss it kind of appearance, and his uh, wife uh, plays one of the. Um, uh, one of the other characters uh, who in the first one and the second one oh, one right. of the i'm not sure if it's psylocke or um or uh the black or black widow one one of the one of the trio basically were introduced oh, in, yeah. in the first in the first short uh yeah so i think that's why he sort of said oh yeah i'll get in, yeah. i'll get involved <laughs> as, as well but it really ups the sort of hmm. you know increases the value and we've got a different we've got a version of um wolverine in here who's much more of the comic book version yeah, yeah. so he's wearing the yellow Costume so rather than because he the... turns up in the uh, in the post credits, doesn't he, in the first one as well, but in more yeah. sort of like typical sort of like Logan. Yeah, it's in the one he's very much modelled on the Hugh Jackman, but in the yeah. second one, when you see him in full costume, they get him in full yeah. costume, and that's why I say when it get that at that point when there's so many heroes on board, it, it it does it does have that kind of cosplay 
kind of mm. look and feel to it where the budget becomes a, a bit more apparent but that's you know that's, that's fair enough um mm. i mean say so this is just you know people making it for the love of it and they've they've done a fantastic job it's almost, it's almost like somebody took one of the shows from um you know at disneyland and and then just sort of twisted it and just added like foul language and and, and blood and guts because <laughs> you know, it has that sort of level of um you know production value to it it's, it's like a full mm. you know it is like a full number from a from a musical for sure and, yeah i could easily imagine this as like a you know like you get these disney plus shorts that mm. you know that like they do they do the simpsons and whatnot you could easily have seen them doing this as i mean deadpool had a short film as a prequel mm. to the um uh to the second no good deed i think it was called and oh. that was i think a prequel to the second film and you could but you could easily see them doing a, a deadpool musical you know disney sort of parody thing as as like an exclusive for subscribers um as it is we're actually getting a deadpool 3 with wolverine yeah uh, so this is kind of this this was kind of ahead of the curve on that bit as well i guess and uh, i think what we're what we're going to see in the next deadpool movie will be lots of sort of disney roasting gags <laughs> or at least a few like we've had I'm here sure. so. yeah sure. oh yeah there, there is that great bit isn't there when these when he sings like um what do we do now we're owned by disney and everyone just stops and like, goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> carries on <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah really really good stuff absolutely um even if you're not a fan of musicals i think you will enjoy this it is very much in the spirit of uh deadpool movies um go check yeah, it out if, they are brilliant. yeah and if you like weird al yankovic song parodies and stuff this is all oh yeah this is this is all great for whichever yeah. way you're coming at it you go, you go i mean i'm not the biggest deadpool fan in the world but mm. even i but i appreciate the you know the, the you know what they what they've achieved here and it, make, it makes me really love the character actually these shorts i probably mm. enjoy these shorts more than the movies that i've seen I, th I just think they really nailed it cool as i said that in the, the links are in the um in the footnotes below. Go check them out. Our next film is Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness. Gwen Stacy is rescued from marauding zombies by none other than Ash Williams and his trusty chainsaw. Um, interesting mashup, this one's uh, Rich. So um, it kicks off with Gwen and a certain Peter Parker on the run with with a certain box. Um, chaos ensues and Ashy Slashy comes to the rescue. Uh, there is um, some nods to the visual style of um, the Evil Dead films. Mm -hmm. uh, so some nice sort of zoom cuts and close-ups of you know ears and things like this going on, which which, which are fun. And and the guy playing Ash, I thought was actually pretty decent. He, he got a lot of the mannerisms right. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. But I think of all of the films on the list, these are probably my least favourite. Mainly oh, because, well, no, only because the others have such strong narratives, apart from mm -hmm. um, First Impressions, which was quite slight. But the others, yeah. are, are, you know, have, have re really strong narratives. This has a great visual style and a lot going for it with the performances and, and the mm -hmm. production values. But it is lacking, really, you know, a, a driving story to go with it, I feel. Yeah, well, that's fair. I mean, it's it's basically a sort of a a novelty. Mm. Uh, I think. I mean, before 
when I first saw this, I didn't know Marvel Zombies was actually a real thing. I yeah, thought it was it is, like yeah. something that they'd come up with for the movie or for this for this fan film, I should say. Uh, Brian Rosenthal is the uh, the right director. And what really surprised me, because I didn't really know what to expect, you know, it introduces, say, the characters or whatever, and then it just basically sort of wipes them out, essentially, or at least one of them. Yeah. And it was the, kind of the, the horror, you know, really the, the concept I thought it was really interesting. I mean, this is something. This is something only you would only see in a fan film. I think I don't think you would get this ever. You know, although you know, franchises are combining it left, right, and centre. Well, you know, that, in some places, I'm, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, I mean, I may be wrong here because I haven't seen it, but you know, mm. you know, Marvel did that What If series on on Disney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure one of them was the Marvel Zombies one. Oh, it might have been. But I was just thinking in terms of combining, like with the Evil Dead universe, it's just so it's so unexpected, and not say the horror and and the way that I think really, I mean, a bit like what we were saying before with the with the Deadpool movies, you know, they've nailed, they've got a fantastic visual style, hmm. they've really nailed the costumes and stuff. I mean, the the the, the makeup and prosthetics and stuff in in this in, in particular is really good because we get you get we get. Um, we get a zombie uh, Logan, don't we? <laughs> we get a zombie Logan, and we get um, we got uh, like Spider Man. You know, yeah. ends up a bit worse for wear and stuff. And I think, you know, some really sort of jarring, you know, visual moments uh, in there. And you know, in combining that with you know Ash and and you know introducing certain other uh, other ele- other character pieces or, or mm. bits of the of the Marvel universe, sort of bringing those in together. Uh, it all takes place. It's it's one of those uh, fight scenes in a garage, basically, or you know, a, 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 a car park, you know, king, which is quite a common setting uh, for a lot of these things. You know, it's always a back alley or you know, somewhere where there's not many people around that you can shoot it quite straightforwardly. Yeah. But the um, the I think uh, David von Hipchen, I think, is uh, the guy playing Ash, who's also one of the producers. I think. Uh, I thought he did a really good job, you know, trying to represent uh, Ash Williams because, you know, with all the others, it doesn't really matter because they're all behind makeup or whatever, or they're pro- playing, yeah, yeah. playing, diff- play. they could be anyone. Whereas here we've got someone playing a character who was recognizably played by a particular actor. And, mm. you know, that's a, that's a hard thing. You know, it's not like you're not doing like a Doctor Who fan film where you could be just anyone and oh, I'm mm. calling myself Doctor Who. This is awesome. Or even Spider-Man, you know, so many people have played Spider-Man. But Ash is so particularly known. And I thought, yeah, he does a bang up job. He really reminded me of um, uh, Adam Scott, actually. Yeah. The, um, the guy in, uh, he done, he's done loads of films like Krampus and stuff. Mm. But uh, he's sort of like a sort of a tougher, slightly tougher looking version of, of him. Uh, that was all... Uh, well played, and the Gwen and Gwen Stacy, I thought was uh, really good as well. Yeah. Um. Or the and the, say all the nods, let you say, or the, the thing, and we're sort of um. Uh. I think that's probably a good point to sort of move on to the take away into to the, the other. second yeah. to set to the second part of the story, the second film, which yeah. um was uh, Ash versus Lobo and the DC Dead, which kind of takes it in a in an even more ambitious sort of direction, but still says very very close to the concept yeah a bit and, similar to what true. we just yeah and and very true to the to the ash character as well you know because because i think it ends 
by him sort of saying, oh, there's only one thing to do in a situation like this. And then it cuts to the next film and he's running for his life you know? yeah. <laughs> and leaving Gwen in the, in the dust sort of thing, <laughs> you know, to catch up. Which I thought was um, yeah, very, very much like Ash in, in the, um, especially in the TV series. Uh, yeah, which I do need to see, actually. Um, the So, yeah, as the title gives away in this one, we've got, it's not Marvel characters necessarily this time, it's DC characters. So we've got Lobo as the specific one. Now, Lobo is a funny one because he's not had huge exposure in the mainstream. Uh, he, he's appeared in, he has a, had appearances in, you know, the Superman cartoon series and, and other shows and stuff. But he's he's kind of one of those characters who's more of a fan favourite than actually a hmm. big, big popular thing. I'm, I'm sure oh, it's only a matter of time before there's a Lobo movie yeah. or a C, or TV series, but he's kind of on the fringes, I would say. He's kind of one of the darker uh, characters. He's like a bounty hunter. Uh, and He would have been perfect again, thought, with Jason Momoa if, they had no, if, he, if he wasn't already Aquaman, you know. He, yeah, exactly. He could... He's definitely... Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So but we, but we've he could got... be the um, you know he could be the the DC equivalent of Deadpool basically if 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 you know if, if they wanted to go down that route the sort of more sort of, you know profane and and carnage filled sort of film then yeah yeah he's very much kind of an anti-heroish kind of villain villain you know he's like, he's he's a villain but sometimes <clears throat> you know he's the sort of unlikely hero and mm. um so we've got him but we also got um Green Arrow. In this one, yep, and uh, and Batman turns up as well, uh, and so the 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 scale go, uh, uh, like with the dead the second Deadpool one the sort of the scale goes up so the, yeah. the running time is a bit longer. There's a bit more uh, variation in the location, so we kind of introduce a bit. With, I mean, we get to see Ash in a you know work at work in a store. Well, um, now it's interesting. Interesting. Um... Because that mirrors the American ending of Army of Darkness. Yes, which which, which was really cool. Yeah, I thought I, I really liked that bit. I thought that was really superb as well. Really, really well done. Yeah, and we've also got some, you know, the ne- uh, stuff with the Necronomicon, which they actually sort of focus in on, and it actually mm-hmm. sort of tries to bite him and stuff, which I thought was mm-hmm. really, really cool. Um, it really, it fits really well. Say so they're very much of a, you know. You, you have to watch both of them really i mean they, they, oh, yeah. what, there's um they're a pair and uh that they, they both basically do the same thing but it's great fun seeing what they do with some of the characters and combining that horror you know combining those horror elements i mean this is batman like you've never seen him before i think yeah. it's fair to say and um even you know he doesn't he's not here a lot but he does appear um and the stuff with some of the other characters is all really well done and it say it's novel to see um, Lobo. There's actually there is another uh, Lobo short film that is well worth checking out, which I think it's called the Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special or something like that. It's from quite a way way ago. Um, Andrew Brianarski, I probably pronounced his name wrong, but he was like a, a massive guy who'd, um, who's, who appeared in a lot of big budget movies and stuff. Films like Black Mark, well. Big budget and medium budget, so he's he's sort of done things like Black Mask Two and all sorts of other stuff, uh, and they got him in to play Lobo in in that, which is which is quite fun, sort of twisted, um, uh, twisted take on sort of Christmas uh, Christmas specials and stuff, and that's like so like a similar length, it's about ten minutes mm-hmm. or so, but um, I would say this, I mean, this is um, probably the best 
iteration, I would say, that I've seen of of Lobo in 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 any and you know officially or unofficially uh, because say he hasn't as, unless I've missed it and he's been in like the Arrowverse and all sorts of stuff and uh, which is quite possible if <laughs> do quite do possible. set me do set yeah. me straight because um I'm I'm very not familiar with the Arrowverse or or any of or any of that uh, CW stuff so um, yeah. uh, it's quite possible that he has made appearances that I'm not aware of but I thought in in terms of what I've ex my experience I thought this was uh, this was this was great and uh, and the and the version of um. Oh, Flippinette, there's Green Lantern references as well. I forgot about that. There's loads. Yeah, yeah. There's so much in here. <laughs> they, yeah. they really try to fit yeah. in a lot. <laughs> and that, that was, see, that was another great Ash moment as well, where he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know the words, don't worry. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, no, this, you know, this, this is a great mashup. And, you know, it, 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 it serves the, um, all the characters really well. You know, the various franchises. It, it 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 does the best it can to sort of put them all in a you know in, in the limelight and and make a good show of themselves so so yeah, yeah. it's a 21 21 minutes minus credits you know it's it's not a lot of time at all to try and pack so many characters in so you've got to mm. uh, take my hat off the first one was only eight minutes so this one's over twice as long uh, so yeah you put them to put the two together and you've got a great half an hour absolutely yeah definitely check these out you'll find links in the footnotes excuse me Definitely check these out. You'll find links in the footnotes below. Our next short is Nightwing, The Darkest Night. Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Nightwing, returns to Earth after a stint as a Green Lantern, only to, only to receive the worst gut punch of a welcome home. Okay, so this is... Um, this is quite an ambitious film. So unlike... Um, first impressions. This puts the super friends front and center, shall we say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so we got the likes of. I, I, I guess it's meant to be Superboy rather than Superman. That's in this one. Um, yes, but, I didn't yeah. know that until I checked the credits, though. But yeah. I, I wasn't quite sure what they were doing there. But yes, I'm not overly yeah. familiar with the Superboy characters. So. Yeah, but um, it sort of riffs on. I don't know a, a little bit of the Killing Joke, I guess. Um, yeah as well now the owl is an interesting character it's, it's one i've only heard of i haven't um actually come across i, I know there's a various uh, you know well um well revered uh, graphic novel um i think it's night of the owl uh, yeah the court of owls i believe uh, that's it all that, known yeah. As. yeah so you know presumably quite a formidable foe you don't actually see them in the film um, but they are the sort of the, you know, the people sort of like, um, you know, move, moving the pieces, shall we say, you know, they're, they're the ones behind what's what's going on. Um, and it also sort of riffs on, um, I think it was the the last the sort of season one finale of um, Teen Titans, where uh, Dick Grayson had to go up against, Bat, you know, try and prevent Batman from doing something. Um, mm -hmm. But it is very good. You know, again, you know, really strong sort of production values, covered sort of quite brutal sort of fights. Um, there's some some ride dialogue from some of the henchmen, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, we, we got um, Harley Quinn in the mix as well. Uh, yeah, the, 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 my my favourite part of this actually is when you see Batman sort of limping out of this um, sewer or something, you know, sort of uh, storm drain, 
and mm-hmm. some thug thinks he's going to take him down because <laughs> he sort of sees him limping and oh you're looking bad shape there <laughs> and he just rips him apart and it's like yeah he, he, even even when he's at his worst you know you would no match for him at all which i thought was um you know a, a good reminder so yeah this was um you know a bit different bit sort of more um downbeat than some of the others we're, we're looking at but very effective all the same yeah it's a it's it's a very dark story i mean the the costume you know the costumes are more cosplay in this than uh, some of the other uh, some of the other you know others like deadpool and stuff but i think it still works and especially the the cinematography and the the story you know they've, mm. they've got a real compelling uh story here it's it's just over 20 minutes long um it directed by uh, matthew campbell uh, uh with um uh, Brady Roberts playing uh, Nightwing. Uh, now he, I believe this is like a, not necessarily a f- follow-up, but sort of like a, an, an, a later project. Cause I think he played Nightwing in a, in a web series before. Right. I haven't seen that. So I don't know if the two connect or whether it's, you know, it's, you know, the, the aesthetic could be quite different in that. I'm not sure, but yeah, I love the, I mean, the action is what sort of drew me in on, the, on this one. The, you know, as soon as sort of like, um, uh, Nightwing sort of kicks into action. The, the choreography is top notch. It's really excellent stuff. Um, the, but also the, you know, the scale of it. You know, there's lots of different locations, uh, lots of you know, loads of characters. Um, as you, you've mentioned, quite a few. I mean, I loved um, uh, Stacy Roy's interpretation of Carly Quinn. I thought she was great. We've got um, a very different. Uh, well, this would be a common theme, but there, there's a sort of there's quite an interesting interpretation of the Riddler. He's, he's probably the least rid, one of the least Riddlerish Riddlers I've seen. Mm-hmm. I had to sort of check that he was the Riddler, um, but there's lots. There's there's others in there as well. Um, there's references and and stuff. Uh, so say Oracle, who was I believe Barbara Gordon. That's right. Uh, Barbara yeah. Gordon became Oracle. Mm-hmm. Um, the but it is that it is the story and where it goes and the darkness of the action and everything, which as you've as you've just mentioned. It, this preceded Titans. I mean, it's sort of set up, sort of foreshadowed Titans um, by, you know, uh, this was 2015 and Titans was 2018. And yeah, when you get to the end of end of this movie, it's not unlike, not unlike where Titans went, uh, but it, also more in terms of the overall darkness and the intensity of the action that they were doing, the sort of the ferocity of it, you know, and um, not being, you know, sort of being a bit more, r-rated kind of yeah. batman not not in the sort of darkness of like a christopher nolan sort of, but sort of more gritty uh, and i did really enjoy um that mm. that first series of t- titans as well so um if you if you have seen that and you have uh, you know if you if you're somebody who's seen titans but you've not seen this i think you'd be very interested yeah. to to check this out as something that sort of not necessarily paved the way, but you do wonder if somebody sort of took notice of it <laughs> um, uh, to, to some extent, because um, there are such close similarities uh, to, to it. Um, yeah. yeah, well worth seeing. Absolutely. I, I did check or, or try to check to sort of see if um, Dick Grayson ever was a Green Lantern. Apparently not. So that's a, oh, right. a, okay. a, a nice, interesting um you know, twist. I mean, yeah. we're going to come across some other sort of interesting inventions later on in this in the in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was it was a nice sort of segue, I think, to sort of say, you know, to set up why 
he wasn't there for what happens at the beginning of the film. But yeah, no, very very good stuff this was. So um, please go check it out. You'll find a link in the footnotes. Our next short is Riddle of the Mask. The Huntress, aka Helena Bertinelli, finds herself kidnapped by Edward Nigma, the Riddler, who wants to find out the secret identity of the Batman. Um, we got two shorts coming up here which um mm -hmm. which are linked uh two batman shorts <laughs> with without batman <laughs> appearing in either of them um no. which is which is brilliant you know i mean the, the, these two are really well done so um yeah we got the huntress um and her boyfriend being being um, held captive as the riddler um you know demands to know who she thinks um the batman is and she tells him, <laughs> which is like, okay, <laughs> uh, which is quite interesting. Um, but it is, it's just really good. It's, it's a really well-scripted um, short. Um, you know, it delves into the psyche of both the Huntress and uh, the Riddler and comes up trumps, I think. Yeah, these, what I like about these is that they try and they go, they go in a different direction to some of the others and in that, it's yeah it's that thing of doing um doing a batman film without batman which is quite interesting some other some others have done it we'll, we'll talk about one later um uh, but the it's the sort of the lack of action as well it's it's very yeah. these are conversation pieces um you know very limited cast um not driven by actions just sort of getting into the getting into sort of some interesting characterization and you know trying to uh, do like mind games and you know sort of uh, you know discussions of the ethics and and, and all to, you know of of some of the actions and things that they're taking and who's the good guys who's the bad guys and you know trying to uh i don't know sort of toy not toy necessarily but so there there are some there are definite mind games and stuff going on yeah uh, and what, what's trying going to get on the upper hand don't they i mean you know yeah it, it's it's interesting because you know sort of hundreds is basically tied to a chair and mm. about to be electrocuted um but still manages to sort of twist things around even while still you know um tied up uh which, which is really impressive you know really really good mm. bit of writing um, and that segues. There is nicely. a little. There is like. There's a little bit of action in this one, hmm. which 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 it, like chair gets you know, sort of kicked over in the chair. But there's not. We don't get that in in the second one. The second one, I don't think there's any action in it at all. Yeah. But what uh, in in this one, what we've got is uh, it's it's very sort of cheap. You know, it's it's sort of shot in a very black room. It's two people essentially. Uh, and you just get that it's it's established it's those character performances yeah. and i think it's we've got we've got another interesting take on the riddler here um and uh the and notes, also the huntress i think i think on uh, imdb it points it does point out that this is an aging um riddler you know he's he's been around a bit basically mm -hmm. and, and he, he's he's trying to sort of um still be relevant shall we say in, mm -hmm. in gotham's crime world and it, you know this is this is going to be his big coup sort of thing um but it, it sort of moves on to the second film the uh, truth mm -hmm. of the mask uh, in this one uh, bruce wayne is confronted by both the huntress and the riddler 
who has a final ultimatum for him. Um, so basically, the well, no, they're both invited, aren't they? They don't gate crash. Yeah. They're actually they're sort of both invited to turn up. Um, so, so we get to meet Bruce Wayne, which which is quite rare in itself for 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 these short. We even some of the bloody Batman films, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, we've got. I don't know who the guy is who plays Bruce in this one. So this is Kevin Porter, who's played um, Batman in quite a few. Uh, in, you remember uh, quite a few uh, fan films. The uh, Bat in the Sun film, Dying Is Easy, was mm-hmm. his most recent. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was. I mean, there's there's a little. It's not the same production creative team, but mm. Aaron Shonk, who made that, who's the main guy over at, um, over at Bat yeah, in the Sun. Yeah. He, he's um, he does appear uh, briefly at the end of this short. Uh, so there's clear, I don't know if, you know, if that's sort of where they met or something or whether, they, I mean, I've got a feeling yeah. it goes back even further, actually. I think, I think they've actually, I think he's been working with the different, you know, the different uh, film producers for quite he's, a number of years. Yeah. He, he's, he's got, a, he's got the perfect voice for this yeah well he normally he's normally under a suit you, you never yeah. normally see him as, as as bruce wayne so that's what's one of the really interesting things about this is that he only plays bruce wayne mm. uh he's um he's actually just playing uh he's just um not having to suit up or anything in this and he's just sort of laying his cards on the table and having sort of quite quite interesting sort of frank conversation uh, one of the things I don't think works about this is that it's taking place during a party and people are in such close proximity that they would absolutely hear everything they're saying. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's a nice little novelty that sort of compares uh, well with, you know, contrast to the first film, which mm. didn't have anybody around. And this one's got loads of extras sort of gathered around. It's a much, you know, it's a yeah. well-lit room. And, and I want to mention that as well, because mm. the thing is, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, the first one, um, it, it's set in a very sort of darkened room, but it turns out there's reasons for that. Yeah, you know, uh, um, within the actual story, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the way it sort of twists brilliantly. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. So this one, is, it, it's more, you know, there, there are more people around. Uh, it is sort of a bit more busy. It's uh, yeah, it works really well. Yeah, he's also um, Kevin Porter, who's um, uh, I, I didn't I didn't know this until sort of checking him out for for this, mm. but he's he was in Dodgeball. Um, right. He was one of he was one of like uh, Ben Stiller's team. It was called <laughs> um, I think it was one of, yeah called uh, Laser. So right. he's been around for for quite a while, uh, doing sort of you know sort of uh, back you know sort of character yeah. roles and yeah, stuff sort of background, roles, but, yeah. but around the time that he did Dodgeball was I think when he started doing. The Batman shorts. He, he did one called um, I'm just looking it up. Uh, uh, Patient J back into uh, in 2005. That was actually I'm I'm now checking it. That was an Aaron Shonk uh, one. So uh, yeah, that he's been working mm. with. He's clearly been right. working with the same guys for yeah, yeah. quite a long time. And uh, what I think quite interesting with all the films that he's done is that there's not a continuity between them. Mm. They all kind of stand alone. Um, it's like dying is easy doesn't really it's it's not the same batman you know sort of world as uh as as some of these other shorts and and, you know this included city of scars is another one Uh, and uh i think he's it's 
it's rare that you get an actor who to play Batman multiple times who gets to do different things with the role. So I think he's quite, you know, obviously he's not as high profile as, as uh, you know, you know, as as a lot of the others, and he's, you know, he's not going to be uh, turning up in in Ash or, or you know the the sort of the No Way Homeish kind of thing they're doing there with the different Batmans. But that would be really cool if he did. Yeah, <laughs> that would yeah. that would have been that would have been excellent. Um, but um, the uh, so what we've got here is yeah, it's. It's not my, these aren't my favorites. I do prefer the more action heavy ones. I mean, Dying is Easy has got some absolutely fantastic fights. If, if people haven't seen yeah. that, it's also got people like Michael Madsen in it. Um, but this, I think Huntress really steals these two. And mm -hmm. um, she's, she's, um, I'm not sure who's the actress playing. Huntress is, so if you can pick that out for yeah. me before I, uh, hang on, Huntress. I've, I've only got her, I, I haven't got, I, I don't know what her real name is, so I can't find her in the IMDb of what. Um... Two six. Yeah, it is. Uh, Charissa Saverio. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah. So Charissa Saverio is is great uh, as Huntress, and also um, Beau Marie as as Riddler. I'd say I think. They they both deliver great performances as these characters. They're doing some really interesting stuff in the second one with with the Riddler in particular. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, again, really interesting to see a different take, doing something different with you know very modest you know resources, but they've they've managed to sort of um, you know create something really engaging and interesting. This is really interesting, actually. So Teresa Saverio mm -hmm. is also known as DJ Rap. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've heard. I mean, I've, I've got her album. Funny enough. Oh, okay. You know, uh, she, she's really into, you know, um, sort of trance scene and stuff like that. So it's really interesting oh, okay. to see her in actually acting as well. <laughs> you know, that's really bizarre. Um, unless that's a complete error by IMDb, but, but there you go. Very strange. Um, yeah. yeah. She's okay. been on soundtracks to films like Go. Go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, uh, that's, that's how old the album is, I must admit. You know, uh, first album. Yeah, she's done loads of um, drum and bass stuff and all sorts. Okay, oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, okay, yes, yeah, so that is Riddle and Truth of the Mask. Um, both very good shorts, just not action-packed. You know, they're, they're more sort of cerebral, but very well scripted, very well acted, both of them. Palette cleansers, I'd say. Yeah, go check them out in the footnotes below. Our next short, Batman Puppet Master. The Puppet Master makes a deal with shady FBI agent Edward Nigma who wants to find out the truth about Harvey Dent's death. Now, this is one of my top two films of, of this list, Rich. Um, the idea of having Edward Nigma as an FBI agent is inspired. It absolutely is. Um, <laughs> I absolutely loved the idea that he started out life as a as an FBI agent and, and, and kind of went rogue. Um, he, he has this brilliant bit of dialogue in here when he says something like, um, 
you know the identity of batman isn't is it's a riddle you know you have to, you can't catch a riddle you have to solve it which is a sort of really nice bit of writing there um the the puppet master so it's, it's interesting as well this is the second short we've looked at on um either here or on on the dtv digest um the other one was the animated film um broken promises which both mm-hmm. featured harvey dent and the, and um the puppet master and you know the the perform the the portrayals of the puppet master in both i think are absolutely superb so you, you got this sort of like old man who's like you know really sort of scared and you know quite sort of um sort of subdued and demure um and then you got the voice of Scarface, you know, the, the puppet. I, I thought that was absolutely brilliantly done. You know, the timing of it is superb um, all the way through. The, yeah, this just, you know, it just fires on all cylinders all the way through this one. Yeah, and what's what's great, I mean, this is a film that was made to reflect and fit within the the Christopher Nolan yeah. interpretation of, mm. of, of the Batman. And I think that with with their limited resource and everything, again, but like what I was saying earlier with the Deadpool movies, they absolutely nailed it. This feels completely authentic. Yeah, sure, it hasn't got some of the bells and whistles in, in the budget side of things, mm. but it feels totally fitting within that world, you know, like it is a follow-up, like it is a um, sort of uh, uh, a side story to, mm. you know, in between... Uh, the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which was when this was made. This was 2012, uh, and, and it, it was made sort of in the wake of. So there's lots of reference. There's references to Harvey Dent and all that stuff. It's all following on from the plot yeah. of of the first two of those two movies. Yeah, because you, 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 you got you got Enigma sort of like you know searching for that gun, you know, mm. like, which has been hidden in the evidence pile. So you know, um, because it's you know it's it's got Harvey's fingerprints on it. You know, and it was used in a few murders, yeah. which which is brilliant. You know, the fact that doing that, and then the you know the conversation he has with 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 Batman as well, um, and he's like, oh, you referred to him as Harvey, as if you knew you knew him. You know, all this sort yeah. of stuff. Just really, really clever. You know, solid writing. Um, it, it was yeah, just just absolutely superb. And it even starts out with with a. Um... You know, the title comes up. It doesn't say Batman. It just it has the sort of logo, the um, the sort of impression of a of a bat. You know, like Christopher mm. Nolan was doing, where he wouldn't put the actual title or whatever. He just sort of put an outline or something, mm. and and then they've over they put the, the, the title as Puppet Master, and and then the you know the fans, you know, who, who've, who've who've watched, you know, and who are very familiar with these characters will probably know what where that's going from the start. Yeah. But initially, you don't know what what it's referring to, and actually, it has multiple meanings. And mm. the introduction, I, I, I'm I'm with you. I think the 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 interpretation of uh, Edward Nigma, the you know the Riddler, here is 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 really great. That you know the, the idea of putting him forward as as an investigator, and you know he's he's kind of driven off the driven off the rails by an obsession with you know uncovering who batman is because that's one thing he cannot he hasn't been able to to mm. solve uh and yeah all the little a bit like what they did with the marvel zombies movies and stuff all the little easter eggs and stuff that they put in the references and yeah and that well, to, um, to other characters well. the, the, uh, yeah you know the, the, the way that the equipment where, where he uses the 
well, it, it's basically a, a Wi-Fi router, isn't it? <laughs> but they sort of jazz it up to be something else. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, to sort of locate people so can throw his, his, his Batarang at them. I thought that was re really, really cool. Really good good and, gadget. Yeah, yeah. And Batman is in this. I mean, it's, I say we've, we've got to focus yeah. on um, Edward Nigma and he's meeting. It reminded me of the, you know, when the Joker goes and meets like uh, Michael J. White and all that lot in the... Mm. Um, in the dark night um so it's a it's a confront it's a conversational sort of piece in in the warehouse but there's cutting back and forth uh batman is is dealing with uh, victor zaz who's um i can't remember i don't know a huge amount about the character but he's kind of he's a uh, he's like a serial killer kind of character basically yeah i think and he's kind of tussling with him uh, and it's bat and the guy playing batman is in like a proper nolan style bat suit hmm. which uh, which i say all adds to the authenticity i think the sort of you know the interpretation to try and bring some of that christian bale kind of performance hmm. through uh, i think works well and yeah this has got this is this has kind of got it all really because it's got hmm. multiple multiple scenes uh lots of sort of cross-cutting between them lots of tension built up lots of interesting stuff being brought up in the conversations but also um some really nice little bits of action stuff and there's a great making of video um that, that um director brian nest has also put out on the channel which will probably if you watch the film it'll probably pop up as like yeah. the next thing to watch that's well worth watching because there's lots of really uh, interesting little sort of stories of how they got certain shots and you know that the to, and, and certain things that they wanted to do but they couldn't because they just didn't have the the resources to do it so some of the bigger scenes of batman's uh, you know batman coming in, in get, getting involved in the action stuff some of those couldn't be quite as big as they wanted or, or uh, so they had to sort of find ways around it mm. uh, and uh yeah so i mean this was made in 20 so i think i mentioned 2012 mm. i would have loved to them to see them do uh do something else but he's kind of as with a lot of uh, some of these filmmakers they kind of almost like one and done they sort of tend to really more focus on original projects rather than fan films but i think if ever they were to do uh, and maybe this was an i don't know if this was an, an impetus for for doing it but you know if ever they were to continue the christopher nolan interpretation in different hands you know whether that was on tv or or, or you know direct -to video movies or whatever it could be uh brian nest is is the guy to go to <laughs> i think yeah. he's um he's done something cracking i mean this this really does i think you couldn't make a film that fitted better into that aesthetic yeah totally agree yeah we, we urge you to check this one out we urge you if you haven't seen it before it's been knocking around a while if you're a fan of batman then you know like uh, broken promises which is another favorite of mine and just coincidentally also has the puppet master um please check this out you'll enjoy it our final film is pamela and ivy this film charts the origins of poison ivy Abducted at a young age, Pamela coped with her ordeal with an imaginary alter ego and an affinity to plants. Um, <laughs> right from the off. Now, actually, before I get into that, um, 
you know, I, I was in two minds which film to end on, either this or, or Puppet Master, because, my God, these two films are superb. Um, and, and right from the off, you, you know that you're in good hands because we've got bloody Eric Roberts. Um, and it's not well, It's not just Eric Roberts. It's Eric Roberts really bringing his A game. Really I'd say bringing it. Yeah, he's not just being. He's not. He's not his usual sort of smarmy, dodgy character. Here, he's 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 full of menace. You know, um, he, he's an absolute monster in this. Um, you know, during his, his short scenes, uh, the bit in the diner when he's asking for the check, well, demanding the check off off the waitress. Um, you know that that was awesome basically yeah master class um yeah it, it, it's it's one of those sort of tragic films you know you can sort of see the um shall i say the seeds of um <laughs> poison ivy being sown quite early um through through this horrible idea ordeal that she's put through um which which leads to this sort of you know split personality or this, this alter ego sort of goading her on a bit um but it, it it you know it takes it further it keeps going it keeps going and and, and we you know we, we get the full character by the end of it it's, it doesn't sort of fall short you know we, we we get the full poison ivy which is great yeah it's told over just 16 minutes and it covers a lot of ground um the um eric roberts has done uh a, a, i think when i checked his iron IMDb he's actually done like 50 plus short films which wow. you wouldn't realize but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's done he's he's done something in in that region and I've been trying to find as many of those as I can not a lot of them are available but um, I found a few and he some of I mean Roberts gets kind of a a, a bad rap I don't know he kind of brings it on himself some of his roles are you know he's just in so much so many mm. things and he's one of those people you just hire cheaply to do almost like a cameo kind of yeah and I'm, when i say okay. cameo i just i don't just mean cameo i mean like cameo as in like the the service that yeah, you can yeah. hire someone yeah, to say oh I, it's like it's almost like he's shot on the phone or something a lot of the time but in in some of these films he's really sort of doing some really interesting stuff uh here he's like you say he's a really bad bad character um uh, and he really sells it uh he, he did another uh superhero based film called um Play for Keeps, which we covered, which was the Gambit mm. film, which oh, he also, right. yeah, which yeah. he was, he was really good in that as well. But yeah, yeah. playing a much more typical Eric Roberts sort of slimy bagger. Now, interestingly, um, Eric Roberts also has a history with the uh, the Batman series. He was with, he was in yes, uh, Batman Be Batman yeah. Begins, I think it was, wasn't he, or was it the second one? Second was one. it the first one? Or the second one? It was De Dark Knight. He was in. Yeah. So yeah, as a uh, Maroney, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah, so he he gets to sort of play around a bit more in the in the um, in the sort of uh, the DC uh, university, his, this is a uh, this isn't like um, like the previous film. This isn't trying to ape or copy another style. This is kind of a standalone mm. uh, project by the writer director Leah McKendrick, who yep. also plays the adult Poison Ivy uh, later in the film. But it is a it it's it's really that first part. I think that I mean the second part is is where we get um her the trans the full transformation and mm. a nice little convenience store action sequence uh which is a nice sort of throwback to old action movies which always had yeah. an action scene <laughs> in, in a convenience store <laughs> yeah. yeah um 
but for me i mean for me it's that first part with um oh. uh, aria uh lyric lebo um playing uh, pamela and ivy uh, it, 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 as a youngster, I think she's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's a it's an excellent um, yeah. uh, child performance. I mean, she she holds her own with Eric Roberts. They they play off each other really well. Uh, but you know, when she's on her own or when she's playing against herself, mm. um, all that is fantastically handled. And obviously, th th that's all down to um, not just her performance, but also the the writing and the directing and mm. and stuff and how that's pulled off. But yeah, she, it, yeah, that's whole, a, one of the best child performances I've seen in quite some time. That whole stuff with it, with it, with the plant shoot coming through the mm. garage floor and stuff. It was yeah. just so well done. Yeah, no, it was, it was um, very touching. Yeah, it's it's an awesome short, and you know, it, it does exactly what you want. It, it gives you the origins, but it also gives you the payoff. You know, it, it doesn't sort of. There's it, been a lot of these things, even someone like Smallville you know, will cut off just before you get to the, the, the actual maturation of the character. But mm -hmm. here, here we, you know, here, here we sort of get, yes, we, we, this is Poison Ivy, you know, this is this is who she is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very playful when, when she gets to that stage, you know, she's just, um, and, and there's a little bit of her where she's sort of like, um, you know, she spots the girl watching her. So she, she makes a point of not killing the guy. Um, yeah, which is sort of a nice little touch as well. You know, she, she's definitely an amoral character, but there's um, sort of shades of grey in there. Yeah, and that's I think you know a lot of what we're seeing coming out of you know the the um, the comic book world is you know the the, the projects that deviate. You know, say we're not focused on the character you you know you've mm. been you know looking at for years or whatever we're going to take this other character who's only ever had this one dimension and we're going to try and you know humanize or, or take them in a different direction and or yeah. do something and whether that's as a whether that's it as an arc in a in a in a tv series or as a standalone pro project like a book or, or whatever it is or something like this i think there's there's lots to explore and you know when you've got talented filmmakers you know like this who are who are you know investing a lot to, yeah. to try and do something because they can't make money from these things because they're you know they're they're, they're, fan they're films, yeah. bound yeah. by yeah they're yeah. bound by uh you know copyright lim limitations yeah. and stuff so they they mustn't be they they have to be um presented in a certain way and you know you know limited you know you can't make profits and stuff from them as far as i'm aware so yeah they, they, think, they all have that slapped at the front don't they so you know what, what you know this is non-profit and we're not hmm. affiliated with you know any any of these um products basically yeah and but what it does do is you know i think because there have been conversations like this in the past it was like why would people do this you know what what what's the well one is i think some people just really love the stuff and they just want to contribute yeah. to the to the mythology and, and put their own spin on it and also this kind of thing can really get you noticed you know if you're using uh, as you know uh, ips and stuff mm. uh, you might not make any money off of it but you capture people's attention and that can, you know, you know, lead to, to to things in the past. Now, it doesn't always happen that way. So, like with, um, you know, if, if there was any justice, I think the like Brian Nest would be would mm. be doing a a big a, a Nolan universe or Batman movie full feature or or something, you know, in a similar vein. Uh, and I think with um, 
with uh, Liam, Liam McKendrick, you know, maybe having the chance to flesh this out even more, you know, because this, this isn't a proof of concept. This is a full fledged story yeah. beginning to end multiple scenes, different locations, all sorts of stuff. You know, they, it's it's a it's a condensed what I consider um, a condensed feature. Yeah. So you you get you get to follow you get to follow from beginning to end, um, and you could say that's proof concept, but it's not intended that way. But if they had if if they could get the, you know, the backing, you know, if somebody came to them and said, you know, I think it'd be great if they went back to them and said, you know, we'd love mm. to see you do this officially, yeah. uh, and sort of take this in, you know, in a in a in a feature direction. Um, that doesn't usually happen, unfortunately. But what a great movie this is. Absolutely. Um, we, we, again, you know, like the Puppet Master, we urge you to check this one out. Um, if only for Eric Roberts actually sort of putting in a, such a menacing performance. Um, you'll find a link to this in the footnotes below. And that is the end of this uh, special episode. Um, 100. So, so is it 100 fan films or 100 comic book fan films that we put on there? No, uh, so, so it's about 100 fan films, period. Right. So, so lots of other stuff, of including, yeah, horror stuff and everything. What, yeah. what we've done here is we've just sort of focused on the comic book-based yeah. stuff. But in we, a future we, episode, who knows, we might do a, do a slasher movie one or something. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I was going to say, because we've, we've done Star Wars, we, we've done sort of Friday the 13th and Halloween mm -hmm. and things like that. I'm sure there are others. You know, I mean, oh, there's, there's, there's so much out there. Constant, um, you know, um, Friday the Thirteenth films still coming out. So, yeah, but the, these have been all really enjoyable. Um, you know, e even the um, the zombie ones, absolutely superb. Uh, production value is just not not as much story as some of the other films we've been discussing. But they are, you know, the cream of the crop, and we we urge you to check them out. Uh, don't forget to check us out on. Um, Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest and also the short shots where Rich puts a link to a new short every evening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.